Rated everyone 10 and up. Twice the action. Twice the danger. Twice the heroics. Play as Mr. Incredible and Frozo in the all-new Disney Presents a Pixar film, The Incredibles. Rise of the Underwriter video game. Hold on tight now. I swear it's down to the wire now. Set my hopes up way too high. Living's in the way we die. James Bond song? Yeah, it's Living um. Daylights. Oh, the Living Daylights. The Living Daylights. It's great. It's by the band that sang Take On Me. Uh huh. I I got that feeling in the voice that you were doing. I was putting on a little bit of that. Talking to it. I don't know what. Until today, I always thought they were like Norwegian or something, and that's why they were singing like that. But I watched an interview with them, and they're just British. They're British. I had always assumed that, you know, because Take On Me sounds like such uh, broken English. I thought it was like, I don't, you know, I just don't a, feel that way. Really? Take It just on feels 80s to me. me. And then Take Me On is like a phrase. Take. So it feels like Take On Me is like a weird sort of, I don't know. No. You're when in doubt when you don't know how to start the podcast is singing. Yes. I never know how to start a conversation, but I do know how to walk up to people and start singing. That's the way I make all my friends. You would have been is, great on Glee. It's the reason why I don't have a lot of friends is that I usually just wander up to people and start going like, talking away. That is why you're friends with Alex. Like That makes that will, sense. Yeah. No, Alex and I get along because I will listen to her just sing because I'm aware that that's how most of my social interactions go <laughs> is just me sort of belting out a memory. Oh. You know, that kind of stuff. I'm sorry I went back to cats. Alex also likes cats. I mean, let me be clear about something. I don't enjoy watching cats. Oh, no, she also, I don't think, really likes cats. I mean, both, I don't know. We both have a very strong, ironic enjoyment of cats that has blurred into knowing a lot <laughs> about cats. And therefore, it's the same thing with anything I like ironically. Like The Late Shift, I think, is a ridiculously cheesy movie. But now it's just melded into the point where I love it. And I would just want to watch the fake David Letterman. Dear my friends at home. Daniel saying this has just reminded me of something that I needed to share with you all. If you have not yet watched the film, the masterpiece, the no doubt a moment in cinematic history known as American Pickle, you need to go watch it right now. Turn off the podcast, download HBO Max, and watch An American Pickle starring Seth Rogen and Seth Rogen. I need you to watch it. I won't say anything else. I'll just tell you it is good. And you will be doing yourself, your family, and your future family a disservice by not watching the film. And that goes for you, Daniel. Mm-hmm. My co-host, I sitting haven't... across from me, yeah. blatantly ignoring my request, my demand, that every day... You watch an American pickle because you're spending every day of your life rewatching the late shift. Okay, yes, it would be less egregious for me to ignore everyone's film recommendations if I wasn't watching the late shift over and over. But if I may be so bold, I'm almost at the point where I've memorized the late shift and could recite it from memory. Um, that is not helping your case. I think it's going to help me a lot when I'm in an audition and they go, hey, do you have a second monologue prepared? And just like that, I can whip out Kathy Bates 
Golden Globe nominated performance in The Late Shift. Why are you looking at me like that? You don't think an audition would go well if I started doing a monologue about Leno and Letterman and how Carson's a hack and we deserve that time slot and you, you just want steaks. You don't want to keep hearing about how I'm slaughtering the cow. You don't care as long as I keep serving up steaks, huh, Jay? You just do your fucking jokes. Let me be clear. Yeah. You would kill that monologue. Thank you. Thank you. I could play I, I'd most, like to be clear. Most roles Kathy Bates plays, I could play just as well. Despite not being a woman or talented, I feel as if I could just sort of absorb her essence. And then, I think so, you're very talented. I think I could do a great Miss Hannigan from her. You know, okay. She did the TV version My of My dream is to be that version of Miss Hannigan. Not the alcoholic, I, the drill sergeant. Listen, it's wrong. Miss Hannigan is supposed to rub us the wrong way. Yes. She is the villain of that film. The villain. That of play, that all of those things. But there's something as a, you know, person that cares about children so disturbing that this alcoholic woman is running the orphanage. It's one thing to be mean and, like, use your children for slave labor. Yeah. It's another thing to be mean, use your children for slave labor, and be an alcoholic. Well, I think that that's why... In the 70s movie version with Carol Burnett, where they maintain that she's an alcoholic, I think that's why she's a more sympathetic figure in that one. And oh, she I don't sort of... find her sympathetic. No, but I find her she... sweaty and gross. <laughs> Everyone in that movie is sweaty. It was the 70s. There it's, is but no... it's, it's such an extensive degree. That there is no even. movie in the 70s where anyone is not sweating. That's just a fact. All right. Even in James Bond movies in the 70s, everyone is just pouring sweat. Because here's the thing, Danny. <laughs> I think that, yeah. you know... You might be able to fool the board into not knowing that you're a horrible person. Yeah. It's very clear that Miss Hannigan is an alcoholic in those other versions. And it's concerning to me that they still left her in charge of those children. It was the 30s. And Prohibition was on. So they must have assumed there's no way she's getting alcohol. She's just she can't possibly be a drunk. She is just a strange, strange woman. woman. Don't you in your personal life know someone who behaves as if they're drunk and yet is actually sober and they just have a strange personality? Well, you must. No, I no, Danny. Know who... I don't know anyone at hey, all. Certainly like not. Molly, your eyes are darting around the room. My co-host. Most... That's weird. What do you even host? You're not on the radio or something? No, no. I mean, I know you uh... host this podcast. I mean, do you think maybe... Anyway. Anyway. What's the name of the podcast, Molly? The Pants. Yes, um, we are wearing pants. You, you're and saying they it are, as if you're still lying. They're so tight. <laughs> the name you're, of the show you're, is... You're saying this like you're lying, but what? it looks like exactly what happened. No. I just resorted to guttural noises. Wouldn't it be better if there was an entire, like, completely serious movie where the main character only spoke in, like, noises? Like That's if you got to exist. If you watched Logan, like a completely dramatic, serious film, you know, Ooh. and like it's Patrick Stewart there. He's just like, listen to me, Logan. There's been a great danger to us. We cannot keep putting the girl at risk. <laughs> I understand what you mean. Adam Sandler. <laughs> sure. No, I'm pretty sure Adam Sandler says words. I saw Jack and Jill. He says words. <laughs> in fact, he says he says words in two different voices in that one. And honest to God, that that Dunkachino commercial at the end is actually funny. I'll I, go to bat I for that. I don't remember anything That is about unironically Jack funny that someone convinced Al Pacino to do that. Yes. The movie ends with a Dunkin' Donuts commercial starring Al Pacino where he's advertising a drink called a Dunkachino and he dances around a coffee shop and sings, what's my name? And then everybody in the, Dun the Dunkin' Donuts goes, 
Dunkachino. Well, Dunkachino is a real thing. Yeah, but it's funny because it sounds like Al Pacino. I know, but it's just amazing to me that that wasn't a real life commercial. No, and then he, you know, he sings, um, say hello to my chocolate blend, like say hello to my little friend in his bad fake Spanish accent. Blink, blink. (laughs) You know, Molly, if you blink 180 more times, you'll have blinked 182. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Anyway, the name of the show is The Pants Are Too Tight. It's the best name for a podcast ever. It's a show where Molly, my sister, uh, and myself, Danny, her jaw is still on the floor. Uh, it's a, She's really upset that I would ever make that joke to her. I'm just shocked. <laughs> you you did the math. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 182 minus 2. That's great. Anyway, um, it's a show, show about the little things, uh, where we talk about those little tiny things in life that bother us annoy us or make us happy about just things that we think about a lot things that we've devoted far too much of our brain power to much the way one d- would devote far too much of their uh daily energy were their pants too tight they would think far too much about the pants they would distract from your tasks from your daily activities the pants would gnaw at you it just like a sin in the nighttime burning in the back of your brain so oh the pants the pants they teeth at me like a child screaming for mother from the other room. Oh, yeah. I wish I hadn't married your mother. I'll kill you. <laughs> it's always funny how you're never saying that in a joking way. Oh. You're never like, I will kill you with a forklift. You're just always <laughs> no. right to, I'll, I'll kill, kill you. <laughs> and you always mean it. <laughs> it's a solemn vow, Danny. Um, Isn't solemn vow that guy from Lord of the Rings who thinks there's two people in his head? Wrong, nope, that's wrong guy. Never seen Lord of the Rings. All right. You're the wrong guy? I'm <laughs> You've got the wrong. You've got the wrong, man. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) HBO Max is the fugitive. Quibi presents the fugitive. That's what I meant. Damn it. That's going to be a whole episode. Don't you realize this? Because every episode of Quibi's The Fugitive has to be 10 minutes. One episode will just be, I didn't blow up that subway. It was tweet now. (laughs) Confirm later journalism. I don't care. I'm Kiefer Sutherland now, but I still talk like Tommy Lee Jones. And they kill him. At any rate, Molly, today's topic uh, is is what we like to call in this little household of ours, ignoring the sequel. Yeah. You know, this is when you're watching, like, let's say a long string of movies, a, a series a of series, films. Uh, a series. A franchise. If you will. A franchise. And uh, they've just decided that one of them doesn't count anymore. It can be because people don't like the other one. It can be because they had a great ideal for a sequel to the the first one, and the other ones don't matter. It could honestly just be because it was a different time, and they didn't remember what happened. It could be because it was a different time, and it's not really acceptable in society anymore. Yeah. yeah. It could be because they made it end in a way that really ended the series, and then they decided, let's make more money. Yeah, yeah. Now, ignoring the sequel, not always a bad thing. No. Not always. Sometimes a good thing. actually good, but yeah. sometimes. So because this is the internet and people love a numbered list, Molly. Mm-hmm. Um, not that anyone listens to this show, but because any hypothetical listeners would potentially enjoy a numbered list, I, we I have ten list. of them. We have ten of them, Molly, and they're not really in a particular order. It's not like good to bad or anything. Yeah. Actually, wait. No, let's do it ten to one because one is the most egregious. So, tell you what, number 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 ten. I thought you said they Shh, weren't in any it, order. No, no, come on. Don't, don't talk over me. I'm trying to get a clean take here, okay? Oh, oh. For when I edit this down into a really slick video but, but format. But you already told them mm. there's no order. They don't have to know that. Number 10. Uh, every Muppet movie ever. They just don't have much of a continuity. 
you know that's yeah not and the it's point like we get back together and we have our theater but then we don't and we have a new dream even though we spent the whole last movie focusing yeah. on this dream the only two muppet movies that are clear sequels are the muppets from 2011 is clearly a sequel to at the very least the muppets take manhattan because yes. kermit and piggy have the two halves of their wedding photo from that movie, uh, The Muppets Most Wanted, it's is literally very obviously a sequel. They open with a song called We're Doing a Sequel. We're Doing a Although, Sequel. Although, that might be the one where the events of the previous... <laughs> it would be better if you didn't. <laughs> it would really be... <laughs> it's like my favorite song, maybe of all time, if it's I'm a pretty good being song. honest. I didn't think my favorite song of all time would include a dated reference to there not being a Toy Story 4, but I'll let it pass. But ban, ban, that almost makes it better for me. Really? The fact that it happened. like <laughs> The fact that Toy Story 4 actually did happen. Yeah. All right. I'll take it. At any rate, Molly, um, Muppets Most Wanted, despite being the only one that has a clear link, like that Muppets take Manhattan to the Muppets connection is very tenuous. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, it's in there. But the, the Muppets Most Wanted opens with the song, We're Doing a Sequel. And is they occasionally will throw back to the fact that, like, Walter's a new Muppet and yada yada. But the events of it have almost nothing to do with the previous film, no. other than the fact that the Muppets don't have a theater to work out of and they're going on a tour. It's not as if Jason Siegel's character comes back and is Walter's brother. It's not as if Amy Adams' character comes back and is his sister-in-law. Yeah, we do have a very awkward scene of the pretend version yeah, of the, Amy Adams. We have their stunt doubles, the backs of their stunt doubles' heads we have. And the Jason Siegel stunt double is better than the Amy Adams stunt Amy, double. Amy Adams one is bad. Mostly just because I think they just grabbed whatever stand-in female they could find and then stuck a wig on her head instead of, you know, use... I mean, because why are you going to get an Amy Adams photo double for the back of her head? It'd be ridiculous. No, but, but also, like, I feel like you couldn't, like... I, I feel like it just it just looks bad, guys. Maybe they should If I noticed it's not her... <laughs> It's bad. Molly doesn't know what anyone looks like, okay? No, I actually really know only what Amy Adams look like <laughs> looks like, so maybe that's why. You said it as if Amy Adams was the plural. You only know what Amy Adams look like. That's Boy, why I got messed up. I saw one Amy Adams up on the hill, and she looks so different than all the other Amy Adams. It's me, Gator Catching Molly, and my famous affinity for Amy Adams. All of them. I really love Amy Adams in all of her films, including Enchant. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I love Julie and Julia. Uh, that's my favorite. But if we, if we... I also love Night at the Museum when she is Amelia Earhart. Night at the Museum 2. Battle at the Smithsonian. Battle. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I love when they use a clip I'm of so her in the broken. PlayStation 2 game. Uh, okay. So. She's in the, the game of the Night at the Museum? I've never played Night at the Museum oh. 2 on the video. No, I never played the video game. I was going to say, it seems like a weird video game. Wouldn't it be weird if there was a level where you had to play as Ricky Gervais and you ran around just smashing the art because you're a cold, soulless man who uh, is a bigot? And then it turns into Night at the... I mean, fudge! Then it turns into Muppets Most Wanted. I'm sure all our listeners appreciate <laughs> having fudge screamed into their ear, Molly. I'm sorry, guys. I, my brain... It's broken. You're not doing well tonight. Okay. Moving on. I watched like 12 hours of Glee today. That'll my explain. My brain is fried. That'll explain why you're just screaming <laughs> randomly. <laughs> if I watched Glee for 11 hours, I wouldn't stop screaming things that aren't quite curses. I have to take my sweatshirt off. I'm overheating. When someone watches Glee that long, they start wandering around the halls just going, do, 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 do. <laughs> Do, da, do, you da, do. Do. It really affects you. You can't walk around anywhere without. 
He sounded like the the menu music on the Glee sing along game. Da, 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 da. Yeah, that is that's it. Yeah, it's like it's just their one. Oh God, I hope those singers got paid royalties for that because they reuse those stupid clips of them going. To every scene. Laura Dickinson has opened my mind up to uh, the knowledge <laughs> of what a session singer goes through. <laughs> oh boy, you're really having a rough time. Glee fried your brain. Could you imagine next time, like your next therapy session, you just come in and you're like, I haven't been able to think or speak correctly. <laughs> Since I spent a day watching Glee, it kind of broke me. It did. It did. And was it when Olivia Newton-John showed up and felt the need to say, "Hi, it's Olivia Newton-John." You know, the star of Grease. She felt the need to say she the one thing she did. Just kept saying her accolades, like again and again. It was like the star of the hit movie musical, the most like famous movie musical, Grease, and like I've released seventeen number one chart hits, and like it was that was the yeah, bit, but that's but it probably Australian funny. chart hits because I can think of exactly one Olivia Newton-John number one hit here in America. No offense, Olivia. Is it physical? Yeah, because she said that she botched that by doing the music video. Really. And it ruined How it. did she botch it? Dude, I don't know. It when was, I, because I, it was for Glee, Danny. I'm sorry, but the music video for Physical is probably about as famous as the song. It's the jazzercise. I, th- I think that's what she meant. Let's is that get physical, physical. I'd like to be clear. I love it. Physical. I don't know. It was this plot line made up for Glee. At any rate. Anyway. Moving no, on. Moving on. Number, number two. nine. Nine. Shit. Ali. The order. There's no order. The order. They're order. watching us. He's lying to you. There's no order. We just thought of them out of order. Number nine. Order. Number nine. Terminator. Terminator did it twice, which is less than Muppets because Muppet does it every movie, so you just don't expect it. You mm-hmm. know, a Muppet movie is a Muppet movie. How many Terminators are there? Well, there's. that depends on what you count as a Terminator. There's Terminator, the 1980s horror action thriller movie, right? On Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's no, there's no colon in the title. It's just Arnold <laughs> it's just Terminator, not colon. No, I said cone as in the Spanish word for wit. Oh, cone? Yes. Not even Conan, no. which Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> was for the time. He was Conan? The Barbarian, not oh. the talk show host. <laughs> no, Conan the Barbarian and Conan the Destroyer is Arnie. That's why he was those were like his big movies in the eighties when See, he was. See, you a said Conan the Barbarian, and I will always think Dave the Barbarian when someone says that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, he, Arnold's not in Dave the Barbarian. No, no, Molly. I know, but I was saying Cone as in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you. Okay, see, because the, the only Terminator with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. yes Terminator Sorry, my of English. Yeah, Terminator avec Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's German? French for no, no. That's French. I, I only know that because of Rock and Roller Coaster avec Aerosmith, which is the French name for Rock and Roller Coaster with Aerosmith. My God! At Disney Studios Park in Paris, they have a Rock and Roller Coaster. Now it's going to be an Iron Man ride. None of that matters. Terminator. Yeah, Terminator. So there's Terminator with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Then there's Terminator Two, which is just called T Two Judgment Day. Then there's Terminator Three, which doesn't ignore Terminator Two so much as it just retcons the ending of Terminator 2. Terminator 2 still happened. It's just that at the end of Terminator 2, they're pretty sure they've stopped Judgment Day and they're they're free and clear. They're, the apocalypse won't happen. But in Terminator 3, eh, the apocalypse is going to happen. So a slight retcon. Then we get to the fourth of the Terminator films, which is called Terminator Salvation. Terminator Salvation doesn't so much as ignore the other sequels as it does just focus on an area of the Terminator films we've not seen, and it retcons the beginning of the first Terminator, 
with a twist and a half about who is who and why they do what they do. But nevertheless, it could still technically work with the other three Terminators. Mm -hmm. Then we get to the fifth Terminator film, which is uh, Terminator Genesis, spelled with like a Y for some reason. It's like Genesis. Anyway, we get to Terminator Genesis, uh, which has nothing to do with Terminator Salvation. It has a different John Connor as an adult than Terminator Terminator Salvation. It's just a very different movie. Is this Genesis as in the book of? No, it's Genesis as in a confusing name spelled differently for copyright purposes. I don't know. I guess you can't trademark the name Terminator Genesis if you spell it like Genesis in the Bible or Sega Genesis. So I I, I don't really know. Okay. Point is Terminator Genesis with a Y. This movie is weird. People don't really see it. It's, It's not a big hit. So then they do Terminator Dark Fate, which... For the record, uh, completely ignores Terminator Genesis. So it, it's it's basically Terminator Genesis has nothing to do with Terminator Salvation. And Terminator Dark Fate has nothing to do with Terminator Genesis. And that's where we are. And neither of the last two were really big hits. So they'll probably just not do another Terminator for a few years. Also, the TV show Terminator the Sarah Connor Chronicles does not work with Terminator Genesis or Terminator Dark Fate. The Sarah Connor Chronicles pretty much only works from if you've seen uh, the the first three movies. Hmm. I've yeah. never seen any of the Terminator movies, oh. really. I might have seen one of them once, but I would like to make an embarrassing confession that Correct. for a large portion of my life, I had thought I'd seen one of the Terminator movies, but I had really just seen Total Recall. Oh. And, um, yeah. and then I saw the Total Recall remake but yet I've still not seen the Terminator movies. But because I didn't like Total Recall, there's a part of me that is like, I don't want to watch Terminator, and yeah. I'm I'm just like to apologize to the franchise. No, it's okay. There's there's now um, six Terminator feature films and a TV show, mm-hmm. and uh, I've not seen the TV show. I hear it's okay. Um, there's about two good Terminators. That's maybe, what I hear, and that maybe also two and makes it like hard for me to want to watch no, but one of them is really great i hear that's two yeah that's the great one and here it's famous for that it's just a great movie it's just in there they just it's almost like they did it on accident maybe they did well i'd assume james cameron stopped making them after the second one on purpose uh one of those situations yeah he's a producer on two of those ones that aren't good though so he's making his money as if we were all worried about the fate of a billionaire. Yeah, you know, James Cameron and I aren't on good terms. I know. You're upset that you're not going to get to see Avatar 3, The Child of Seed or whatever for another year. I'd like to be clear. I am very happy about the delay of the Avatar sequels. I'm not on good terms with James Cameron because he really had the audacity to think that these sequels were ever going to come out. You're, you have the, you're, you're angry at a man who kept succeeding despite everyone telling him he would fail. You're angry at him for believing in himself again. No, no, no. I don't think he's succeeding. I'd like to be clear. Avatar was a fluke. And the <laughs> fact that he was like, and a sequel's coming soon. And it's been how many years? Ten? Um, yeah, just about. Yeah. Ten years. And it's always like, and it's coming. And then he was like, I'm going to work through the pandemic. And this movie's going to be the only movie you guys get to see. And I was like, you son of a bitch. It's 11. 11 years. 2009 was Avatar. So even longer. Yeah. I mean, they were supposed to have it out pretty soon. but Yeah, uh, but it's not happening delayed now. Delayed indefinitely. And, a uh, phrase he's very familiar with. It it makes me happy. I can't, I, I would love to see you in like 1997 reading 
about how when that Titanic movie comes out, it'll be the biggest flop in history because Cameron's way over budget and he's way over time. And you'd be like, this idiot thinks because he made true lies, he can do the Titanic. <laughs> I'd like to be clear. James Cameron's yeah. The Titanic is one of my favorite movies. Yes. It's I was on film. his side. And then Avatar got big and his head got even bigger than it should have been. Right. And then he thought, I'll produce multiple <laughs> Terminator movies. I think he's doing it because he's angry that we all don't still love Avatar. I think he's angry that Avatar was the highest grossing film ever. And then we all kind of forgot about it. And like, Well, I'm angry that it was the highest grossing film ever. So we're a little on the same page there, James. On the night that Avatar was up for all those Oscars, mm-hmm. um, his ex-wife beat him for best director. Imagine that. Isn't like that the great? Gloating that yeah, for um, for the Hurt Locker, I think, or was it Black Hawk Down? I don't know which movie is which. I'm pretty sure it's the Hurt Locker. I just don't know the difference. The Hurt Locker, the famous episode, the two part episode of Glee. No, Molly, <laughs> the film by Catherine Bigelow. You aren't talking about Glee. No, I, it was the Hurt Locker. I yeah, no, no, it's Catherine Bigelow. She was um, James Cameron's. They were married yeah. for a time, and she came out on top. I, uh, I know and then the she Hurt directed Locker's Zero Dark Thirty, which I think. Right? Oh, that's that? one of my friend's favorite movies. I have such a blackout uh, in my brain for movies of that style. Yeah, I have such a blackout for movies of that time. No, I just meant like military themed movies where everything's gray and covered in sand. Like that I too. can't keep those movies apart. And then at some point in the movie, someone will get shot and the music goes. And it's like mock foreign singing, mm-hmm. but it's really just a sad person in front of a movie orchestra. Yeah, I know what yeah. you mean. I think Avatar does that. I'm pretty sure when someone dies in Avatar, they do the oh, yeah. and in that one, it's literally the made of Pandora. One memory of Avatar, yeah. and by one memory, I mean it's, I have literally a like one second clip of the movie Avatar in my head from when we watched it. Mm-hmm. I hated it. Oh, okay. Anyway, well, the next uh, number eight. Yeah, that's right. Number eight, uh, the James Bond films. Almost no James Bond movie has any direct connection to the Bond movie before it, but. And I cannot make this clear enough. James Bond is not a code name. Yes, it is all supposed to be the same guy until we get to Daniel Craig, at which point it's a reboot with a new continuity. I know M is the same from Goldeneye up to uh, Skyfall. It's supposed to be a new guy, but only when it's Daniel Craig. Every other James Bond is the same dude. And there's proof in the movies. If you had watched the movies, you'd know. People come up with the James Bond is obviously a code name. They shift from Bond to Bond. Clearly, you haven't watched all the James Bonds because Roger Moore is at the grave of the dead wife of George Lazenby, who uh, Pierce Brosnan mentions having been married to, who Timothy Dalton mentions having been married to. They're all the same guy until we get to Daniel Craig. Now, why is this ignoring the sequel? This is ignoring the sequel because what happens is James Bond finally meets his arch nemesis, Ernst Stavro Blofeld, in the film You Only Live Twice. Mm-hmm. That was for a while the last picture Sean Connery did as James Bond. Yes, I say picture because I'm a 70 year old woman. Now, after that, they did the movie on Her Majesty's Secret Service. The first time they have to recast James Bond, it's George Lazenby. And in that movie, he meets for the first time Ernst Stavro Blofeld. They do not recognize each other. They have no familiarity whatsoever. And in fact, Blofeld spends most of the movie trying to figure out who this James Bond guy is. He's like, mm. uh, I, you, see, you made a mistake when you were talking about uh, the shape of my earlobe, so you must not really be the geneticist Hillary Bray who you say you are. You know, It's like almost a mystery of him trying to figure out what James Bond's cover is. So 
they're clearly not meant to have met each other before. And that's just because they adapted the books backwards. On Her Majesty's Secret Service is the book before You Only Live Twice. Uh. Um, and so at the end of On Her Majesty's Secret Service, spoiler alert, James Bond's wife is killed by Blofeld. I feel like this isn't a huge spoiler. People aren't watching 50-year-old James Bond movies on a whim. Um <clears throat> Unless you're me. You really just crushed that for somebody out there. I know. Someone out there was like, I was going to watch that tonight. Well, I saved you. Like, I was halfway through the movie. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I paused my movie because I was so excited to listen to my favorite podcast. And now, Don Thing's ruined. That anyway. feels like that'd be my luck. Mm-hmm. Be like, I got so close, David. I went 50 years without <laughs> getting it spoiled. Oh. Anyway, so uh, James Bond. His wife's dead. Right. His wife's dead at the end of the book, Honor Majesty's Secret Service. So in the book, You Only Live Twice, James Bond is on a violent revenge spree and he finally kills Blofeld. But in the movie, You Only Live Twice, they hadn't met each other. Bond hadn't had a wife yet. They just picked that movie because, I don't know, we ran out of books. So they did that movie. And, uh, you know, it doesn't really connect anymore, but they didn't want to change anything on on Her Majesty's Secret Service. And it was the first movie with a recast Bond, so I guess they figured people wouldn't care. Then you get to Diamonds Are Forever. Sean Connery is back, and it opens with him on a violent revenge spree trying to get Ernst Stavro Blofeld. Mm. It's either because he got away at the end of You Only Live Twice, if you want to ignore Honor Majesty's Secret Service, or it's because he killed his wife. Mm. Um, but the thing is, in that movie, Blofeld looks completely different, and he looks like a guy that Sean Connery met in You Only Live Twice. So either way, you have to ignore the sequel, because now Blofeld either looks exactly like James Bond's buddy who gets knifed in the back, or... Sean Connery straight up forgot what the guy looks like. Like It's just an odd, like you accept in James Bond movies, people are going to start looking different. They always change actors. It's not a big deal. But for Blofeld to either be a completely different dude, like it doesn't make sense that Bond wouldn't recognize him. And then for him to be an actor who's already someone else in these movies. But that happens also with some of the other Bond characters. So the point is the James Bond movies were never made with continuity in mind and they never will be. I don't like James Bond. I think that we have a fascination with spy stories, and I'm one of those people. Um, but everything about James Bond bothers me. Yeah. Oh, why? Um, I, but I can't speak for the Daniel Craig ones. I haven't seen them. Yeah. I just don't think the old ones have uh, aged well in any fashion. I don't clearly, like that James Bond's clearly a dick. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's where I stand on that. Clearly, I haven't watched Goldeneye. It's the best one. I've heard you sing it a lot. Golden eye, no time for sweetness, but a bitter kiss will bring him to his knees. Um, number seven. Number seven, Final Destination. Ah, uh, okay. I'll talk about this. One. Okay, go right ahead. Final Destination. One of my, I want to say one of my favorite film franchises, honestly, but it's not because they're good. I just really enjoy them. And so. The thing with Final Destination is you don't necessarily always know that they are in continuity with each other. But the biggest ignoring the sequel thing is Final Destination 3. Um, That one ignores Final Destination 2 and kind of Final Destination 1 in itself. And I I guess it changes the vibe. So the thing with Final Destination is that in the first two, there is a man who is basically like death himself. Um, and he's just not in the third final destination at all. We lose that element of the final destination story entirely. We hear his voice, don't we? Yeah, his voice is there. But in every other movie, they like meet him or like are noticed that thing that this man is around there. He's a coroner. Or he's a or... coroner. He's like, 
at a crime scene. Yeah. Like, and we just don't have that in this one. And like, you might not recognize his voice enough. Like, per se. Todd's got a pretty nice voice. But you might not. You're not expecting it, I feel like, when it comes. And so, yeah. Anyway, so they just are like, yeah, we're going to get rid of that element of the series for this movie. And then later on, when like four and five come out, like he's back and he's yeah. the like the human being of death. So we just ignore that we change that for the third movie. The third movie also appears to not be referencing the old movies in yeah. a way. But then like if you like use the bonus features, you like find that there's like secret references in the third movie to acknowledge the first two, and you're like, oh okay. The bonus features on those Final Destination DVDs are aggressive. They really are. They really want you using those bonus features because you're going to miss some plot elements and the fates of several characters. Yes, you will miss the fates for sure. Um, yeah. In, in some ways, that's why you can't completely ignore that third one, but they like kind of do. Um, but yeah. I would like to recommend that if you enjoy or minorly enjoy the Final Destinations, that you watch all the way through five. Um, I would I recommend if you're going to watch them, if someone pressures you, you can watch the first one. You can watch the fifth one. I do not. I just don't enjoy the other ones. I like the third one. The third one's my, my the favorite. The third one feels like a soft reboot. It yeah. feels very much like a new start. It and is. I think that's the main and thing. And it's a good vibe. And I think that's why I like that one the most. Yeah. I feel like that has the most, like the best contained story. That has that gross story. part with the hot tub, so I don't watch it. Oh, oh and the right. tanning boot. Oh, every one of those movies every one is of the nasty. I guess rough. I don't like horror movies. At any rate, Molly. Anyway, next. Next one. Um, the next one is a weird thing to explain. There are several different... What number was this? Six. Yeah. I should have numbered this list. Number six. Um, yeah, it's number six. Number six. I'm pretty Sorry. sure. Number <laughs> six would be... Uh, there are several different comic books, which are sequels to Batman the Animated Series. Uh, the beloved Batman the Animated Series. There's spinoff comics. There's some that were on the same time as the show. There's some that are still coming out now in the year 2020. Um, the problem is none of them quite work with each other and several of them don't work with the show. Mm -hmm. So the Batman the Animated Series takes place in the same continuity as Superman the Animated Series, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Static Shock, Batman Beyond, and the Zeta Project. Um, the problem is some of these comics have like versions of those characters, like the ones that were on at the same time as Batman, the animated series had Superman in them, but Superman looks completely different, acts completely different and has a very different Lex Luthor than the Superman that's in the TV show. So those are obviously not in continuity. Uh, then some of the later Batman comics had Mr. Freeze's wife, Nora reunite with Mr. Freeze, which works fine enough with Batman, the animated series, but doesn't work so well with Batman beyond where, because Mr. Freeze is frozen, he lives far into the future and is still a miserable man who wants to take away everyone's hope until they briefly cure his condition. Um, and he gets to be a normal guy who's all bald and kind of nasty looking, uh, Spoiler alert, things still don't end happy for Mr. Freeze. Then there's some of the new comics where Mr. Freeze's wife uh, is no longer alive. And, you know, they make it pretty clear that the cure that she gets on screen worked, but then eventually she passed away. Whereas in the other comics, the cure she got on screen always worked. And she went on and she gave Mr. Freeze a big old smooch, um, which again, you know, he's a sad frozen headman in the future. I guess he could still be that way if his wife lived. I don't know. Uh, but in these new comics, there are several things that sort of don't jive with what you see in the cartoons. Um, but, you know, no one cares. It doesn't really matter. They're comic books and cartoons about Batman. So like, eh? 
Also, the on-screen continuity of those is not perfect anyway, you know. Danny says this doesn't matter, but then, like, I've heard this story from Danny a lot of times, so I think in his heart it might. It matters to me. That doesn't mean it's important. Okay, like in the grand scheme of the world. Or just even to Like when you ask them. God why at the end you're not going to be like... <laughs> at the end? <laughs> I'm asking him every day. <laughs> um... Did they make film adaptations of those at all, or no? Of the comics? Only one. Uh, well, actually two. They did. They adapted Mad Love, which was an issue of the tie-in comic. They adapted that into an episode, and then they adapted uh, the Batman Adventures annual holiday special. Mm-hmm. They adapted that into the cartoon, except for the Mr. Free segment, because other people had made a movie where his wife was alive and cured, and the story with Mr. Freeze from the comic involved her being dead, dead. as far as he knew. Um, so so complicated. Mr. Yeah. Freeze really messes with my head. Mr. Freeze is a sad, sad man. I get freeze brain, if you will. There's a Batman level joke for you. Yeah, and that Batman doesn't crack a lot of jokes. Yep. So anyway, number five. Number five. The Incredibles two ignores everyone's favorite sequel. Molly, say it with me. Rise, Rise of, of the, the Underminer. Underminer. That is right. The GameCube slash PlayStation two era video game. Incredibles, The Rise of the Underminer, which I rented from a Blockbuster once, but when I got the case home, Uh, it was just the regular Incredibles video game inside, which I already had, and I was so sad because I wasted my money trying to rent the sequel. Very sad, and also, what a long-awaited sequel, that video Mm. game. You know, like, we all needed to know what happened with the Underminer. They gave us a video game, and then they were like, hey, you'll find out in the new movie, and it was, like, different. Yeah. I don't remember what was different. But. Well, what was different? I mean, the fact that it wasn't just Mr. Incredible and Frozone together fighting oh. off the Underminer and his like right. army of goons and that it was good. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I enjoyed the Incredibles film. 2 is a real step up. From the Underminer video game? Yeah, I would say. Um, I wonder how many people played the Underminer game. I mean, they didn't do a third one, so probably not a huge amount, but I don't know. At any rate. Number. Well, they did do a third one though. They made the Incredible Legos game. That's true, but that's just based on Incredibles one and two. But yeah, but I'm just saying they did do another. They game. They did another game, and the Incredibles Lego video game is really great. Actually, we they, own they, that, right? Yeah, they get a lot of they get that. a lot of good jokes in there for a video game about Lego versions of the movie. Like, there's a lot of good like dialogue while you're just playing through the level. Very clever dialogue. You know, we know we have it, but I've never seen anyone playing it, so um, I don't know what it looks like on screen, just on the case. Molly, it looks like every other Lego game. (laughs) They don't exactly vary the art style. But, like, how they use their powers. Like, I'm curious. I mean, I've seen, like, the DC guys do it. Yeah, it is kind of weird to see Mrs. Incredible. But Elastigirl, I'm just curious what they do. I mean, her arm just gets real long. It looks kind of weird. Sometimes she'll stretch into an object. And the object is made out of Lego bricks. Aww. So she kind of like stretches into like a Lego Cute. ball. You know? Okay. Yeah. At any right. rate, uh, we've got number four, Pirates of the Caribbean. So there's three parts of the Caribbean movie. They run pretty well. Three in Pirates of the Caribbean movie? No. My- <laughs> God damn it. Always undermining me in front of the children. Well, we were just talking Always about the underminer. <laughs> Always rise of the undermining me in front of the children. Poor Nana. Anyway, so um, we've got, uh, there's the first three parts of the Caribbean movies, and they run into each other pretty well, except for the fact that Zoe Saldana's character just disappears after the first one. Always wanted to know what happened to her, but we never hear about her again. So, Pirates Well, of- we don't know 
We haven't seen the newest one. That's right. I've never seen Pirates of the Caribbean 5. I'll cop to that. So Pirates of the Caribbean 4 comes along. It's called On Stranger Tides. And it is probably by design very self-contained. You know, uh, Elizabeth Swan isn't there. No Will Turner. Really, the only major returning characters are Jack, Barbosa, uh, Gibbs, who is Jack's first mate. Uh, I feel like even, Pin- uh, what's their names? Pintel and Rigetti, the two comic relief guys, they're not there. So I've got this thing with the Pirates of the Caribbean movies where yeah. my brain has morphed them into one film. And um, I don't know what happened in each movie. And I certainly don't know everyone's names. You already right. named everyone whose names I know, except Davy Jones. So that could be their names. It could not. I'm I'm not sure. They could be dead. I <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I love the Pirates of the Caribbean movies or Caribbean, whichever you prefer to say. And um, but I know nothing about them. My brain did not retain enough of their info because I was so young and they were so British. And I couldn't understand. So young and so British. <laughs> so British. Really? I couldn't understand their accents or the complexity of the films. Okay. So I just thought it was funny. Which one is when he washes his hands of the weirdness? I liked that well, that's one. That's Pirates of the Caribbean 3. That's, um, what's it, End of the World? What's it called? World's, World's End. End. At World's, World's End. End. Yeah. Yeah, I've blended that entirely with the second one. Yeah. Pin- I've got the first one down pretty well. Yeah, it's Pintel and Rigetti, I was right. And they are not in the fourth or fifth movie. Um, At any rate. I think they're dead, I think. I don't know if they're dead. I believe they're they're alive at the end of the third one. And they're just not there in the fourth or fifth one. So that was such a huge... It's been so long since I said whatever I was saying. And I don't remember what we were talking about. You were talking about that it's self-contained. And that Will um, and Elizabeth do not return. At any rate. The fourth one seems very self-contained by design. We don't have many returning characters outside of Jack, Barbosa, and uh, Gibbs, who is the first mate. We don't have it, you know, no Pintel, Rigetti, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Point is, uh, it's a very self-contained movie. And then the fifth movie, uh, which is Dead Men Tell No Tales, which I will fully admit, have not seen. Don't really even know the basic plot. I know that there's a dead guy who's played by uh, uh, Javier Bardem. Which one's Stranger Tides? That was the fourth, fourth one. That's the mermaids. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. The, I just know that the fifth one has a dead guy played by Javier Bardem and that uh, the characters come back. So the fifth one has Will Turner. It has a, a brief appearance by Elizabeth Swan. You know, Pintel and Rigetti are still not there, but it is at least referencing the storyline of the first uh, three movies, right. whereas it has very little to do with the fourth one other than Captain Barbosa's uh, continued existence and lack of a leg. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's common in a lot of long series is that at a certain point, like, there's just that different film. And yeah. then it's like, we go back to what we know, because nobody, we ain't come for something different. Yeah. People always complain that sequels are too similar to the original, but then they also complain when like, it's really different. And it, I just feel like you're really at a loss with making you're, sequels. It's hard. You're getting real criticism either way. What you're describing, Molly is perfect for number three. Yes. Star, Star Wars. Anyway. I guess that we should just put a warning at the top. If you haven't seen the most recent Star Wars, 
skip ahead yeah. while we talk about Look, this. Look, you know what? Let's not even get into the nitty gritty of it. I just want to yeah. say that Star Wars has done this twice. Yeah. There used to be a Star Wars expanded universe. There was a long ass continuity of comic books and video games and novels and, and, and cartoons and all these things that took place after the original Star Wars trilogy, after the prequel trilogy. Just, you know, the, the universe kept going, right? Um, and then when Disney purchased it and decided to make a new series of films, they said, we don't want to be, we don't want to be bound by what's already been there. We don't want to just film, you know, what happens 30 years after, according to these comic books and video games and things. So they basically said, we're wiping the slate, uh, the slate queen. Damn it. <laughs> you tried. I, I stopped myself the first time when I said sweat and then I said, nope, it's slate clean. And then I did it again with queen. Um, we're wiping the sweat queen. <laughs> <laughs> Elmer Fudd is creepy, isn't he? I realized in the last episode when you talked about the Beatles album where Elmer Fudd was yeah. singing, I want to hold your hand. Oh, this is gross. So uncomfortable. Anyway, <clears throat> Star Wars completely uh, wiped out. They completely wiped the sweat queen. <laughs> Star Wars completely wiped the sweat. Uh, fuck! <laughs> fuck me! God damn. They wiped the slate clean. They completely wiped out the expanded universe, and they started over. And then they did their first movie, The Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. And everybody says, this is too much like episode four. This is too much like Star Wars. Mm -hmm. We don't want this new Star Wars movie to be like Star Wars. Right. But also, everything about it that's different sucks. Oh, okay. So then they make Star Wars The Last Jedi, mm -hmm. and it's completely different. It's very different in terms of structure and characters and plot and what it's trying to tell you in terms of its moral. It's an amazing film. Molly's stamp of approval. It has Molly's stamp of approval. It has Danny's stamp of approval. And then people say, this is too different. This isn't my Star Wars. The things I wanted to see didn't happen in this one, and that's bad. So then we get to The Rise of Skywalker. And... It was a movie that was made under a real time crunch with a lot of reshoots and a lot of rewrites. And also one of the main cast members had passed away before they started shooting a second of film. And so they said, you know what? They didn't like it when it was too much like Star Wars. They didn't like it when it was different from Star Wars. And they certainly didn't like it when we said all the things that had already happened didn't happen. So what are we going to do? <laughs> and they committed to nothing. They, nothing is committed to in this movie. They completely ignore all. Well, they here's what they do. They will repeat a phrase that you heard in The Last Jedi almost verbatim. Yep. And then they will just do the thing that people used to find really funny in the 90s, which is go not. So it's like how if you're watching like Wayne's World or something, people will go, oh, I love this taco. Not. Not yeah, and it's like it's like how we stopped for we 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 all forgot what sarcasm was for a decade and decided screaming not after stuff was really funny. You know, yeah. your parents aren't anyone important. Not. not. Uh, well, Danny, Danny oh, boy. No no, 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 no! Don't you use their weasel. Her out of this. parents weren't important, oh. but her grandparents. Okay, well, one of her grandparents. The other one doesn't exist. I guess. No, let's not, no, let's not even talk about it. Let's not do the reveal. Let's not have even you talk about it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. And they already did that bit when Anakin Skywalker had no father. Um, there was no father. I carried the baby. I raised him as my own. Her accent nah. is adorable. She, it's me, Skywalker, okay, but sounds like she belongs in Siegfried and Roy's show. She sounds like this is, this is, um, oh, what's the tiger's name? This is Manticore. 
my exotic white tiger. There is no father. I raised him on my own. <laughs> oh, Annie, don't go near Manticore, the white tiger. Annie, no. You're going to hurt I, your little hands. We all know that mom, though. You know? Shmi? like There is a mom. Like, you yeah. know, one of them was like, he had no father. Ray, like, has, a, Ray has a grandparent, yeah. singular. And I it don't... happened again. I do not want to picture who the other grandparent is because I feel bad for that. How did Daisy Ridley so beautiful? How the hell did that come from that bloodline? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how a human was produced after... Nah. Let's not even but, talk um, about it. Yeah, no. So the Rise of Skywalker just ignores not the plot of The Last Jedi. It just disregards the plot. Yeah. It like Rose Tico is there for 30 seconds and about six lines of dialogue. That might be generous. I'd say five and a half. Yeah. Five, and then maybe someone interrupts her on the sixth one, <laughs> almost as if to say, shut up, you don't have a voice. And I nice. wonder why the makers of that film would do something like that to a character who was very important in the last film. Yeah. Also, there's just like, we already have BB-8. And even though that was from oh. a movie, even though that was from a movie by the same director, they were like, nope, new droid. You listen to me. You can do a lot of things. In my book, you can mess with a lot of Star Wars, and I won't care because it's Star Wars, and I like Star Wars. But you mess with BB-8. You try to steal BB-8's spotlight. <laughs> then I come for you. Well, I did not appreciate <laughs> the new droid. Now, I was a little skeptical of BB-8 to begin with because I didn't want us to replace R2. But R2 had some bizarre memory loss, so I went with it. BB-8 has no memory loss. There is no need <laughs> for this little fucking droid when I already have a beloved little droid friend. And his nemesis, BB-8. Let me be clear. There's a lot of problems with the rise of Skywalker. But the biggest one is this. Dio? I won't speak his name. <laughs> he doesn't deserve one. <laughs> he is nothing. I just feel like... I don't know. Maybe there are bigger problems than Dio, but if you... Uh, there are bigger problems. I'm not denying this is a personal vendetta. <laughs> It is. I've never heard someone hate something so inoffensive. He's just a cone that rolls around. He's trying to steal BB-8 Spotlight. <laughs> and we spent two movies establishing that he was our friend. Yeah. And we spent eight movies <laughs> establishing that C-3PO and R2 were our friends. We have enough droids. It is not called Droids the Movie. It is called Star Wars. I would love a feature-length adaptation of the terrible 80s cartoon droids. I would not. That was such a tease because the box art is like 3PO and R2, the box cover of like the VHS tape I had. It's 3PO and R2 in an X-Wing. They're being chased by TIE fighters. You watch the cartoon and it's like, Hatu, our new master Bobby needs us to go down to the store. Oh no, stormtroopers without guns. We better run, R2. And then they can't run because they're droids. So then they just get picked up and then a pirate's like, I'm gonna sell you. You know who can run? BB-8. <laughs> he can roll. Yeah, he can. He can shake, rattle, and roll, baby. Um, But yeah, yeah, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. And Star Wars The Expanded Universe. They really just... they they And like, let's be real, if you were talking, even though it's... I don't know how to phrase that. Even though the, the prequels were prequels, they came out post the originals, yeah. you could then argue it chronologically that the originals <laughs> ignore the prequels i mean in a way if the if the if the original trilogy had been sequels yes then that we would be ignored we'd all be people. like hey man why does he say this this don't line up why do we never come back to metachlorians what happened to that what happened to my metachlorians 
Could you imagine where someone somebody shows up at a screening of Star Wars and screams, "Where are my Metaclorians at?" <laughs> and like the whole audience cheers, like, ah, "It's us! It's off the charts!" Um, this guy's got a higher Metaclorian count than even Master Yoda. <laughs> I love that Obi Wan literally says, "Off the charts." Yeah, it's off the charts. Young I McGregor wish was, I was quarantined with you and McGregor. I wish I lived every minute of every day with you and McGregor, except maybe when either of us has to go to the bathroom. Good call. Next, number two. Number two, Cars 3. There has never been a sharper change in tone than between Cars 2, which is like, I'm a spy now, and Cars 3, which is, I don't know if I'm inadequate anymore. Do I matter? There are newer and faster cars and I. I don't belong here. Which is really the undertone of the first movie, if we're being real. Yeah. I mean, but even then, Cars 3 feels sadder than Cars 1. I haven't seen Cars 3, but the trailers <laughs> did make me feel sad. The trailers do focus very much on the accident of Lightning McQueen rolling end over end. <laughs> yeah. Cars 2 does Sally really dirty in that she barely speaks in that thing. She's the re- She's the Rose Tico. Of, <laughs> of Cars 2 because Sally is like there and she goes like Mater what's up and then he tells her the plot of the movie again and Lightning McQueen rolls up and says hold on this is my best friend and then I think Sally doesn't speak again like I don't think she says anything and well, that's she's something the- that happens in a lot of movies it's like the first one is spent a lot of time like building up the love interest oh. and then we just kind of like it's established that either they break up between one and two yeah aka Thor and you're like why did I spend this time yeah you know doing that we got so emotionally invested she's literally people forget she's the main character in thor one and two yeah like thor is the guy the movie's named after but we're seeing it from her perspective yeah and then in thor ragnarok they give it a line of dialogue it's like oh yeah real sad about jane yeah and that's and even then he's pretending not to be sad yeah he's like no it was good it was mutual yeah 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 for and i get that like natalie portman didn't want to do another one or whatever that's fine but like hear me out if you're making a movie and it's a sequel to another movie and the actress playing the girlfriend doesn't want to come back, maybe just don't mention the girlfriend. Like, most people will accept that, I feel. Or for me, I'd be like, accept that. Like, I'll accept that she's like off doing something. Yeah. That's okay. But either if you have them in the movie for a second or you make them having break, like, break up off screen, like, that yeah. really bothers me. It, it bothers me because it happens so often. And it feels yeah. like they don't even think about it. It feels like, a little, honestly, misogynistic, if you ask me. Like, even even Batman, the first Batman movie, ends with him very much in love with Vicky Vale. He confesses his secret identity to Vicky Vale. I mean, technically, she breaks into the Batcave, but whatever. She knows his secret identity. They're both in love. And she seems okay knowing that he's going to be out being Batman every night. Because Alfred picks her up in the car and he goes, Master Wayne is going to be a little late tonight. And she goes, I know he is. And then he's up on the rooftop and it's, but then you get to the second one and Batman is on a walk with Catwoman and he just casually drops like, oh yeah, Vicky Bell broke up with me. And then in the third one, I mean, we don't even know whatever happened to Catwoman really because Batman thinks she's dead and she's not. It's almost as if we see female characters as completely disposable. Especially when you get to Batman and Robin, where the girlfriend in that movie is Julie Madison. She only has two, maybe three scenes in that movie. She's there when they're opening the big satellite uh, antenna thing. It's a telescope. That's what they call those. And uh, and then she's there eating dinner with Bruce when he accidentally says Poison Ivy instead of her name, which is like a big slip up. It's not like you accidentally yeah. said like, Barbara, Ooh, I meant 
Millicent, which by the way, that's Barbie's first and middle name. I don't know why I went for that. Millicent bystander. Barbara Mill <laughs> Barbara Millicent Rogers, a Millicent bystanders. Uh bystanders. Shoot. Anyway, so <clears throat> he's he has dinner with her. That's it. That's her only role in the movie. There's no reason she couldn't have been Dr. Chase Meridian, Nicole Kidman's character, other than, of course, the fact that Nicole Kidman was too famous and she probably didn't want to do another one as, like, Batman's girlfriend. At least she had something to do in Batman Forever. She got to fall out of a tube. But anyway. So you think that Cars 2 could have just been a dream? I had a crazy dream. I was a secret agent. McQuaid. Just like no. all those, like, Mater shorts. Because they'd be scared to have kids stop buying uh, Finn McMissile and Holly Shiftwell action figures. Everyone's favorite Cars 2 characters. Cough, I've cough. never seen Cars 2 or 3. Cars 2, I enjoy only because it goes so far off the map. It is so the opposite of what the first Cars is. The first Cars is a pretty chill movie about hanging out in a small town. Cars 2 opens with the murder of several cars. The Michael Caine car, Finn McMissile, has literal machine guns on his chest, and he throws several other cars off an oil rig, and they explode. More children's films should open that way, for and the then, record. Then later in the movie, a car voiced by Bruce Campbell is crushed to death. On screen, oil starts spurting out of him, and he goes, I'll never talk. And then the bad guy, Dr. Z, mm -hmm. goes, I know you won't. And then he crushes him into a cube. They kill Monsters a man. Monsters, Inc. style. Yes, except this is real. In Monsters, Inc., it was a joke so, that that would be so um, bad. I have a question. Yes. Uh, relational question. Mm -hmm. Is um, Bruce Campbell rela uh, related to Nev Campbell? I don't know, but I would love to see those two do a buddy cop movie. That would be really fun. Bruce Campbell and Nev. Let's oh, and her brother from Reefer Madness. From Reefer Madness. Yeah, he's 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 um, handsome. Let's I'm, do a movie with him. I'll I'll find out while you tell them. Yes. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the number one most egregious example of ignoring the sequel has got to be the Halloween franchise. Here's how Halloween works. There is it Halloween. Doesn't. It well, no, it doesn't. Here's how Halloween works. Halloween one, Halloween two kills off Doctor Loomis and Michael Myers. Halloween three completely unrelated to the first two movies it's an anthology movie in fact halloween three at one point the kids are watching television and they watch a scene from the movie halloween so canonically halloween three season of the witch is a movie where halloween is fictional right then we move on to halloween four the return of michael myers which really throws yeah it, all over it throws a bit of a wrench because dr loomis is alive he has as well a, as Michael. He has a scar, but guess who else? It, Molly, Molly, Michael Myers is back, and better than ever. Da, na, 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 na. No, Laurie Strode is dead off screen. Yep, we, just, we do that. We do, we just get rid of him like we do. Just in a car crash, dead off screen. Just like the many girlfriends and other female characters, like any woman them. who's ever dated Batman. Yep, dead off screen. Nobody gives a shit. So we find out Laurie Strode, before she died in that off-screen car accident, had a daughter named Jamie. And that's who Michael Myers wants to kill this time because they stick with the angle of her being his uh, secret brother. So this only ignores Halloween 3, which Halloween 3 was calling the first Halloween a movie. So, you know, Revenge of Michael Myers, mm -hmm. pretty solid. No, Return of Michael Myers. Halloween 5 is the revenge of <laughs> Michael Myers. He's still going after Jamie. Dr. Loomis is still alive. His scar is a little less prominent because Donald Pleasance did not want to sit for the makeup. Is this the one where she, like, also might be a killer? Yes, Molly, yes. <laughs> so there's a big sort of a twist ending 
Um, I believe this is Halloween four. The twist ending happens. Yeah, I, th- I think, I but I don't know. Yeah. Honestly, four and five really blend together. They are of a me. kind. Um, Although Halloween five, I will say, is a real step down from uh, Halloween four. I like Halloween four quite a bit. I actually really don't like either of the films. Really? Um, Do you like any of the Halloween oh, movies? Oh, I really love the first one. I really love H2O and um, maybe I like Halloween 2. Yeah. Okay, so real quick, the twist ending. Yes. Halloween 4. And by the way, I don't feel that bad about spoiling this for you. Because in the end, it doesn't matter. Here's how Halloween 4 ends. Jamie, the little girl, uh, earlier that night, Michael Myers has been kind of blown up and thrown down a well. So we're pretty sure he's dead, right? Well then, Molly. that with my ringtone for so long. What a mistake that was! You saw the Paranorman trailer and you said Halloween themes gotta be my ringtone. No, I um, that was one of those chain text messages they used to send around, oh. and that was a little sound bite attached to it, and mm. I saved it, and I was like, this will be a fun ringtone. And then you were in class one day doing a demonstration, and then all of a sudden, the world's most compressed 2008 cell phone version of. <laughs> I would love to hear that compressed down into the smallest audio file in the world. Oh, I still have it on my NV3. Oh, good. Don't good. you worry. That and uh, Fred's version of some Christmas songs. Oh, everyone's favorite, Fred. Early internet yeah. meme, Fred. Uh, at any anyway, rate, uh, the Halloween 4. Twist ending. Yeah. So uh, Michael Myers has been Spoiler presumably alert. blown up. Jamie is at home. She's the little girl who's been trying to kill all movie. She puts on a mask and we cut to her POV like they do in the first Halloween when Michael kills his sister back in the, the 50s. Um, she puts on a mask. We see th- the camera becomes her eyes. She picks up, I believe it's a, a pair of scissors instead yeah. of a knife. She walks uh, to her mom and stab, stab, stab. And then we hear screaming. And we cut to downstairs and Dr. Loomis goes, Oh my God, it's happened again. And he runs up to the stairs and he sees... Jamie Wait, her there. Mom? Isn't her mom Jamie Lee Curtis? No, her adopted mother, the blonde oh, lady. Oh, yeah. okay, I'm sorry. So, she's, so we cut to Dr. Loomis with a gun in his hands at yeah. the bottom of the step screaming, no, no, and a police officer grabs him and is pulling him away and he keeps screaming, no, no, yeah. and then it just zooms in on Jamie holding this bloody pair of scissors with the da-na-na-na-na-na-na, as if the yeah. curse, the spirit, the shape, as they call it, has taken over uh, little Jamie and Michael Myers' spirit lives on in her. Cut to the next movie where Jamie is in a mental hospital. She has not spoken in several years. Her mother. Oh, you're right. Five is yeah. the one I don't like. Her mother is, I guess, dead. And this like teenage oh, girl is taking care of her. And that teenage girl, who I believe is her sister, has a friend who's like a wacky Kimmy Gibbler type. Yes. And then there's these two police officers who are the comedic relief. And you can tell they're the comedic relief because yep. when they come in, the music is like. We love incompetent police officers in movies. In, in movies, question mark. Anyway. Well, we don't uh, love them in real life. <laughs> I guess you're right. The the word would be different. At any rate, Molly. <laughs> at any rate. Um, that Halloween 5, Michael Myers is back. The whole Jamie being evil thing, they don't really touch on it. She's just. They don't even mention really the fact that she murdered her own mother. They're just mother. like, she has a condition. Yeah, they're just like, she has a condition. And it's like, the condition in the last movie was pure was evil. evil. Yeah, but Michael Myers wakes up in a shack, a blind man, 
not a blind man, just like an old man has taken him in and started taking care of him. Is she evil anymore? Because the spirit went hmm. back into Michael and only left his body for know. a moment. Who cares? So uh, in this no movie, sense. I believe we see, this is the first time I believe we see the, the triangle tattoo on Michael Myers, which is the mark of the cult of Thorn. Yep. What Let that, that sink in, folks. Yeah, so Michael Myers, who has just always been pure evil, black eyes, like a doll's eye, you know, the devil's eyes on that little boy. Doll's eyes is from Jaws, I'm sorry. Like the devil's eyes. That is now from the cor- the the Cult of Thorn. So Halloween 5 goes on, chases a girl on a roof. It's whatever. I, I don't really like that one so much. Halloween 6 comes along. Paul Rudd is the, the new main guy i think he's supposed to be tommy from the first halloween i I can never remember if he's supposed to be or if i just get confused i don't know if i know halloween six halloween six well paul rudd is there molly i I don't think i've ever seen this it's mainly an invest it's mainly them looking into the cult of thorn jamie is now like a teenage girl Mm -hmm. who has i don't want to talk about this part but she has had michael myers baby Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Now, there's two different versions of this movie. There's the one that, that went to theater, uh, theaters, and then there's the, the producer's cut, which people now uh, seem to prefer and claim is better. Uh-huh. So, depending on which version you watch, details switch around. But basically, Jamie is just pointlessly murdered. Um, Daniel Harris, the actress who played uh, Jamie, uh, not involved in the film because why would you come back for a movie where they're just going to kill you shortly in, even though you were the main character of the last two and people really liked you and you were good, especially for a child actress. Um, so she's just she's just murdered after having had Michael Myers' baby, which is super gross. Um, and so now Michael wants to kill this. Oh, Molly's picked up a pair of scissors and she's approaching me slowly. It's just really perfectly those like old timey scissors yeah. that you'd use to kill someone. Yeah. Anyway, anyway Michael Myers uh, kills a bunch of people, tries to get this baby from Paul Rudd. And at the end, depending on which version you're watching, Dr. Loomis is either just off screen for a long time because they couldn't get Donald Pleasance to do the reshoots because he was dead. Or he now has the mark of the cult of thorn on his wrist implying that he's been cursed i'd like to point out that my personal problem with the halloween series is this doctor really he is what i find the most creepy of it all because he's the worst of any like mental health professional that's ever lived he's- yeah because he like truly believes that this guy is evil which is like i can't get into the, the how wrong that is um as a mental health professional but the fact that he's so obsessed and is like creepy mm-hmm. and it's honestly it's the way he's standing at the end of the fourth with the gun and everything like that really sells it for me like he i'm just like you were this man's doctor you knew he was evil like why you could have du- you didn't do what you should have did and you, you're doing like way other things i don't know he's just creepy i i think he's the creepiest part I of the film i knew michael miles for 12 years that boy is pure evil behind his eyes there is nothing he has the devil's eyes you don't know what death is that's like my then, favorite then part lock him up anyway so then we get to <laughs> halloween h2o which would have been halloween 7 um, were it not for the fact that they decided to ignore the other movies. Jamie Lee Curtis's character did not die in a car crash. She did fake her death, but she never had a daughter named Jamie. Instead, she has a teenage son. Um, she's been hiding out, being the headmistress of a private school in California, uh, far away from Springfield, Ohio. No, it's Haddonfield, Ohio. Shit! I thought she lived with the Simpsons. 
No, she's far away from Haddonfield, where all the murders took place. She's hiding out, but she still suffers greatly from PTSD. She's been through one failed relationship with her son's father. She's pursuing a new relationship, but she still uh, abuses prescription pills and alcohol. And she's really deeply troubled, especially around Halloween time. So she won't let her son go away on vacation at Halloween. When you've had that kind of trauma, it's it's understandable. Understandable. Um, When this man you've killed several times keeps coming back to life. Um, now, to be fair, I'd like to be. Oh, God, again. In this continuity, she's only killed him twice. Right, yes. Now, um, they never explain how he's not like 100% dead. Because he also caught don't on explain fire. how he's not like 100 years old. Yeah, he but, looks skinnier in H2O. It's, now, I'd like to be clear for those of you who don't know. Just because it is called Halloween H2O does not mean it takes place underwater. Because no. Because it really feels. <laughs> it really feels like the H2O part. Like, water is going to be involved this time, but it's not about water. It's more like Halloween 2.0, kind of. I think it is the only Halloween movie that takes place on the coast, because they're usually in Ohio. Yeah, it's I, it has nothing to do with the movie H2O. <laughs> there are no mermaids. I no. just wanted to be clear. I, would, I really was expecting yeah. some kind of water element when we saw it, and there isn't. There's you know, no water. H2O sounds like something that I would come up with as a pun. I was like, it's the 20th anniversary. Yeah. This is a big new movie. We should call it like H2O, like Halloween 20. And it sounds like someone made that joke and then no one stopped them because it was the 90s. This was It's like the Weekenders, how they just had like a filler title for a while. Yeah. And then like nobody filed the paperwork to change it. And that just became the The, title. The show just became the Weekenders. Yeah. No, but um, this was right after Scream. It's one of those 90s horror movies where everyone's like a sexy 30 year old playing a teenager for some reason. And everyone's all except Jamie Lee Curtis, who gives a performance of a lifetime. It's love a, it's Jamie a, Lee. Listen, it's a little corny, but I love yeah. H2O. It's great. It ignores everything except Halloween and Halloween 2. H2O is what made us come up with our term of ignoring the sequel. Yeah, because it is the best version of ignoring the sequels. Where It's the most egregious. They like, did it's so it, obvious. Yeah, they ignore uh, what? If this would be seven, they ignore like four movies. Because... They ignore three, four, five, six. Yeah. And maybe the second version of six yeah and like kind of honestly you're ignoring the end of two if michael comes back dr loomis is dead he is still dead but we do get a voiceover from him at the beginning of the movie which i love because it's not donald pleasant's doing it but it is dialogue from the other movie it's just that they couldn't find a clip from the movie without the music playing underneath it Mm -hmm. so he does the lecture at the beginning of the movie about like like the devil's eyes. He does that, but it's the guy from the Powerpuff Girls who plays Professor Utonium. <laughs> oh my god! So and it, like, look, a normal person wouldn't be able to tell the difference. It's a good impression, but I just have I've seen plenty of the Powerpuff Girls, and so like all I can hear is like, now girls, Michael Myers has black eyes, like the devil's eyes, girls. Like it's oh, it, I, I love. You're going it. in like the devil's eyes. Like I get how they got to the cult part, but like yeah, but but the, but, the, but they really just took that and ran with it. All the cult stuff is ignored for H two O. The right choice. H2O has a beautiful ending, which I'll just tell you right now. You don't have to watch the beginning of H2O. It's a good movie, and I love it, mm-hmm. but you skip past all that. You just treat yourself to the last 20 minutes, yeah. which is just Jamie Lee Curtis beating the shit out of Michael Myers. She throws knives at him. She hits him with a flagpole. She hits yeah, him it's with It's just a, like one thing. Just, she's so badass. She hits him funny. with a car. It's beautiful. I, it, it's it's both serious and comedy gold at the same yes, time. I would love a Rosie the Riveter poster of We Can Do It, 
but with Lori Strode strapped, touching her bicep in her like 90s black uh, T-shirt that she had. <laughs> I would love the 90s Freaky Friday haircut Jamie Lee Curtis with like a blood stain on her cheek. Just we can do it because she can in that movie. It is gorgeous. I love that movie. Now, I'd like to be clear. There is multiple or maybe not multiple. There is a, a fake death in that, correct? Where she kills somebody else. Yes, you think Jamie Lee Curtis has accidentally killed her friend. Yeah. But then he pops back up later to save her. So it's like, oh, no, I didn't kill you. You just got a flesh wound. Yeah. There is a there is a fake out. We love but, a fake out. Okay, here's where we don't love a fake out. They do the next movie. And Jamie Lee now, Curtis- wait, I'd like to be clear. You cannot spoil the next movie for me. I still haven't gotten to see it. Not the new one. Oh. What do you- No, Halloween Resurrection, Molly. Oh, I never saw that one. It's not good. Don't watch it. I'll it's tell you what cheap. happened. Okay, God, you tell me that one, but don't spoil they the They did new one. Halloween H2O under the, uh, uh, the uh, Jamie Lee Curtis agreed to do it. And she agreed to sign this contract that she that said she would do two movies, but she did it only under the condition that Michael Myers would be killed in Halloween H2O. And she did this going like, look, I'll sign on to do two movies. But they can't make another one if Michael Myers is dead. Right. You know, she basically figured she had him, and and they were they were going to include a back door where Michael Myers could secretly come back if they wanted him to in that next movie, so that they could basically force Jamie Lee Curtis to do Halloween Eight. She didn't want to do it, so she went to the producers and said, "If you include that in this film, I will not do it. I will." Get out of my contract. Whatever I have to pay, I do not want you including that. I want him dead at the end of this movie. And so when you watch H2O, he is dead, dead at the end of that movie. And that's not a spoiler because Halloween Resurrection, what's on the poster? Big old Michael Myers face. He's back, baby. And the way they did it, they hired the guy who wrote Scream to come up with a solution. It's like they hired <sighs> a man to figure out how to screw over Jamie Lee Curtis. Which, if you're going to pick anyone... Good There's guy. nobody who's like, hey, remember what we said in that last movie? Just kidding. Better than the person who wrote Scream. Nobody does a twist better than Kevin Williamson. Love the guy. So he wrote up this twist where Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't kill actual Michael Myers. What happens is they show you a flashback that is not present in the previous movie. Correct. They show you a flashback where Michael Myers switched outfits with a paramedic. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. I've yeah. seen that scene, but I don't think they I've seen switched the whole movie. outfits with a paramedic. And he puts some duct tape over the... Oh, no, he hits the paramedic in the throat so he can't talk. And so then when Jamie Lee Curtis kills Michael Myers finally, she's killing a paramedic. Yeah. Oh, no. So now the movie opens with Jamie Lee Curtis in a strange-looking wig in a mental institution because they threw her in the, in the mental hospital once she found out she didn't actually kill Michael. Which... Definitely where you'd end up. So she still did this movie, like... She had to, contractually, but she, her condition was... You, you Listen, I'm about to tell you what happens. It's not a good movie. You're not going to watch it ever. She says, I'll do it. You're going to kill me off in the first scene. So this movie has less than 10 minutes of Jamie Lee Curtis, and wow. she's right on the poster because she didn't want to do it because she liked how it ended. Yeah. She wanted to ignore the sequel, Molly. So what happens is she's in the mental hospital, and it turns out she is always ready for Michael Myers to come back. <laughs> oh She's gosh. never been taking her medication. She hides it under her tongue. So what she does is Michael Myers comes for her. She has this elaborate trap set up and she has him dead to rights. He's on the roof of the building. There, she, She's got him. She's going to drop him off the building and break his neck. And then what she does is he, he looks at her 
with like big wide scared eyes and she goes oh no oh no what if it's another paramedic (laughs) so she goes over to take off his mask and then he grabs her like i got you bitch and then what she does is she says fuck it she shrugs she leans in she gives him a kiss and then he throws her off the roof and he escapes wow so jamie lee curtis is dead in the first 10 minutes and and she was like fuck it i'm kissing him goodbye (laughs) she dies the rest of the movie is about Buster Rhymes tricking some teenagers to spend the night in the old Myers house so they can film an internet reality show. Is her son one of them? Because if he's killing the bloodline, he's he's the bloodline. There is no mention of her son. Son of a bitch. Would she imagine him to? I, I don't know why he doesn't count the son. He's been Spoiler so- Spoiler alert, he's adopted. She never had children. She didn't want to continue the bloodline. Do you bloodline. think it's just women? Like, he le- like if Michael Myers had a brother, he'd leave him alone? No, because he's trying to kill his nephew in H2O. Oh, no. I never thought about that. Why doesn't he kill her son? Does he kill him off screen? That can't be right. I feel like we would have heard about it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I don't know. so H2O ignores Halloween's uh, three through six. Then Halloween Resurrection, the next movie, ignores the ign- ending of H2O. At least it tries to explain it, but it sure doesn't. Mm-hmm. Then we get Halloween, which is the uh, the remake Halloween by Rob Zombie has nothing to do with any of the movies. It's a remake. Then we get Halloween 2 by Rob Zombie, which has nothing to do with any of the previous Halloween movies except the remake. Then we get to the film, which is just called Halloween. We went all the way back. We started over. If you're keeping track, this is the third movie called Halloween. So Halloween from the year 2018, great movie, so scary, so thrilling, so tense. I was in the movie theater with my, my brother and my mom. And I had my legs up on the chair like a baby. I had my arms wrapped around my legs. I was sobbing. See, Danny there... didn't know because we watch his Halloween because they're not scary. Like I can watch get Halloween those. because they're spooky and because Jamie Lee Curtis always wins. Yeah. I'll watch any movie where Jamie Lee Curtis is the victor, including you again. I will watch any movie where Jamie Lee Curtis beats the shit out of some guy. Yeah. And I was hyped because the trailer for this movie... She looks so badass. The pitch in the trailer is, I'm going to fucking kill Michael Myers and you will pay $20 to see it. What I got was a beautifully made, tense horror movie that made me feel for characters dying, made me cry, made me cringe at horrible violence. A movie that brought me such such fear. And yet it did bring me some of that catharsis of Jamie Lee uh, beating the snot out of Michael Myers. Just a little bit. But Molly. Yeah. I was on that seat. Tears were streaming <laughs> down my face. I bit all. I bit off all my fingernails. I was so. This movie was so great. It does exactly what a horror movie should do, and it yeah. does. It does everything perfectly. Where does it but, take place canonically? Canonically, it takes place after everything. But Molly, mm-hmm. in the first like dialogue scene of the movie, the first yeah. dialogue between, uh, you know, the the new main character who is Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter. And her friends, they're walking along the street and one of them goes, isn't Michael Myers her brother? And then the other one goes, nah, they just made that up. And they keep walking. So this is this movie. Okay. Is it's basically like each movie is a what if. Oh, it's like Halloween. What if Michael Myers came back that same night? That's Halloween, too. What if uh, Michael Myers wasn't dead at the end of Halloween, too? Well, that's Halloween four. Mm -hmm. Then you've got what if. Halloween was a movie. What if, <laughs> what if Halloween was a movie? That's Halloween three. No, then you've got, you know, what if Michael Myers uh, came back, but Doctor Loomis didn't? 
Well, that's Halloween H2O. Mm. What if Michael Myers didn't come back that same night, was just apprehended by the police 10 minutes later, and stayed in prison for 40 years? Well, that's Halloween 2018, Molly. Oh. And then you've got, what if Halloween was directed by someone with uh, no good taste, and that's the remake of Halloween by Rob Zombie, because that movie's nasty. That movie is gross. That whole movie looks like someone smeared something on the lens before they Yikes. shot it. It is filthy. It is not for the faint of heart or those with uh, anything in their stomach recently. It's so, a nasty movie. And then they did a director's cut, which made it 10 times nastier. Oh. And guess what the trick is? That's the only one you can buy anymore. There's no, oh, DV- no. There's no DVD of the theatrical one. They released it in Canada. And that's the only way to see the theatrical version of Halloween. Same hey. thing with Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Only the director's cut is on DVD. Hey. You cannot see the version that was okay for theaters. Wow. So even those movies ignore themselves as sequels. My God. The Halloween series has no continuity. There's also a series of novels which completely ignore the movies. Oh, my God. The movie, the, the novels are just based on the idea of there being a masked killer named Michael Myers. In the novel, they say that he killed four teenagers, which is the number that it would include if he also killed Laurie. So the books basically take place in a universe where he got her. Wow. I'm, the, I'm like actually getting for some reason creeped out just talking about because this. Because you're realizing now that Michael Myers cannot be stopped even out, no, e- even I'm within scared. a, on a metatextual like, level. I literally am feeling afraid. So quick recap. TLDR, Halloween 1, Halloween 2, Halloween 3 ignores both. Halloween 4, based on Halloween 1 and 2. Halloween 5, Halloween 6, Halloween H2O based on one and two, ignores everything else, clears the slate. Halloween 8 ignores the end of Halloween 7, but other than that, it's based on Halloween 1, Halloween 2, Halloween H2O, Halloween 8. Remake? Fuck everything. Halloween 2, the remake? Just Halloween remake. Halloween 2018, based on just the first Halloween. Also, both Halloween and Halloween. Also, if you're going... By the way, if you're just watching those two, you're going to watch Halloween, and then its sequel, Halloween. Halloween. It'd be like if Star Wars was called Star Wars, and then The Empire Strike Back was just called Star Wars again. Which I'm okay with. I kind of wish, wouldn't it be great if all movies had a sequel with the same name? Oh, wait. James Gunn presents The Suicide Squad in theaters next year. <laughs> the sequel to Suicide Squad is called The Suicide Squad. And don't forget, Molly. Final Destination 4 is just called, called the, the Final, Final Destination. Destination. But then there's one after that. And so. guess what, Molly? Fast and Furious? Then the fourth one is called Fast and Furious. So it's The Fast and The Furious, and then it's Fast and oh, Furious God. is 4. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. It's, wow. Molly, The Fast and The Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious. They, those have to ignore each other in some Fast way, don't five. they? I have no idea. Oh no, the continuity's tight. Everything's really? perfect. Except Tokyo Drift is kind of is kind of a spin-off. It, it's kind of only loosely connected to the first two. Why do you keep looking over my right shoulder? <laughs> is Michael Myers here or not? I just keep thinking I hear something. Oh, is it? No, it's not. It's like somebody moving something. <laughs> Uh, okay. This has been the I remember when we first watched all of um the Halloween movies. Yeah. It was around Halloween and I think AMC maybe some movie channel oh, it was, was AMC. airing all of the Halloween movies and we started at like Halloween 4 I think. We were yeah. just we turned it on and it was on them. We were so confused. Mm-hmm. But then we got to H2O and we were so re- re- oh, yeah. rejuvenated. Oh, I got to tell I have a conspiracy theory that um 
when a movie company has a movie that they know is less popular in a franchise, I have a theory that they just make that one cheaper to air on TV because like Halloween four, five and six, I felt like they were on AMC every day. Yeah. But then like Halloween one and Halloween two only aired a couple times in October. And then on Halloween night, they would just air those ones. Okay, see, I follow that theory because why is back? Does... To, why is back to the future two always on cable? No, I love BTF. Too. No, I love don't, them all. I love wrong. back to the future three. And that's the one people I back out on. don't like that. The Santa Claus two is so <laughs> rarely aired. The yeah. motherfucking the Santa like the Mrs. Claus like come on like what what people are always watching Santa Claus and Santa Claus no, three the ABC Escape Family slash now Freeform for a very long time would always only air Santa Claus one and Santa Claus three yeah and I don't understand that now I think this past year we got Santa Claus two in there somewhere but it was like just those two would play and two is my favorite Molly you know what's gonna happen in like a year. Disney's going to announce a movie that's just called Claws, and it'll be like the reboot where Tim Allen is training the new Santa Claus, and like he'll be like, I'm dying. You must take over for me. And then like it will ignore everything but the first, the Santa Claus. I bet that's going to... I would bet money that's coming to Disney+. Plus. I'm amazed that they announced that movie Noel, and they didn't announce yeah. Claws. I'd like Claws. I'd like to know the story behind the first Santa, because I love in Santa Claus 3, the only thing I like about the escape clause is when we get to go back and actually see the first movie footage. That's, like, just that's because very you, nicely well done. I that's think. just because you love Back to the Future 2. Where Marty yeah, McFly walks through the first movie. I think that's really cool when they do it. Now, I think it's cooler when the Santa Claus does it because that is the footage from the first movie. And because, well, no, it is in Back to the Future as well. But isn't Chris McGlover not there? No, Chris McGlover is in the footage. They use uh, like outtakes of him and stuff from the first movie. Oh, I didn't know that. But then there is some fake Chris McGlover where they made the prosthetics of his face, right. especially when he's hanging upside down. That's a totally different guy. Oh, okay. But uh, there's, some resho- there's a reused shot of him from Back to the Future 1. And then, um, but what's different is Marty's haircut. Marty yes. gets off stage. Now there's a reshot thing of Marty from a lower angle so that you could see the rafters where new Michael J. Fox is climbing. But when Marty steps off stage, he has a different haircut than he did when they showed the footage of him doing Johnny Be Good. Yeah, Which, I guess that's true. But I love that. I love that they took the opportunity, like we're doing a time travel movie. Sequel yeah. should happen during the first movie. I like that. It's great. It's a fun bit. I, while we're here. Yes. Because while it's not ignoring the sequel, you know it's a pet peeve and this is the place to air those yeah. out. And I don't know if we'll ever have an episode about it. So I'm just going to tell you all now. My pet peeve about Back to the Future is that in Back to the Future 2, they very randomly add the character trait to Marty that he doesn't like (laughs) to be called a chicken. And I don't know where it comes from. It is not established in the first movie. It fits his character, but it's like a big fucking deal in the second one. And really into the third one based on, you know, that lovely car race that he'll get into. But I just don't like that we add that. I'm confused. And every time I watch it, I'm like, did I miss something in the first one? Despite the fact that I've seen it as many times as I have, I'm still like, did I miss something? There is a similar moment in the first Back to the Future where somebody kind of eggs him on. You know, like people. Well, Marty don't back down from any fight. No, so like I, it is consistent with his character. It's just that phrasing of chicken is what they. It's just like you call me a chicken. And you know, the only reason they do it is because in the eighties they never would have been allowed to re-air that on television with the word pussy. Like if 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 Griff in twenty fifteen had been like, what's the matter, pussy? They would have had to dub that for like NBC. You yeah. know, that wouldn't have aired on 
on the Sunday night movie in every town in America if, you know. But then again. But it's also like so 50s to be like chicken. It is, but, but they, they're in it happens for the first time in 2015. I know. That being said, Molly, it did, It does occur to me that that first Back to the Future has some horrible TV dubbing. When oh, this baby hits really 88 does. miles per hour, you're going to see some serious stuff. Especially when Doc, Doc is supposed to be say he's in the town square and he goes, damn, damn, yeah. damn, damn, damn. And he just goes, darn, 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 darn. I love when dubbing is clearly not the same voice, especially The Breakfast Club has the, oh, the worst. The Breakfast Club is the worst dubbing of any movie that has ever happened. A man who is clearly not Judd Nelson, instead of saying piece of shit, says like, what's the matter? Slime ball. Yeah. And he's in a closet. Like, it sounds like it was recorded. It sounds like. It sounds like like the guy who was literally choosing to air it on TV was like, "Shit, I gotta, I gotta uh, dub this gotta tonight." Dub, dub, uh, you slime ball. Listen here, you slime ball. It's like that level of audio quality. I love it. It's terrible. The first time I saw it happen, I was like, "What the fuck is that?" Like, I was so confused. I was like, "I do not remember this in the movie." And then I learned that they dub movies for TV. Mm. Didn't know that. Yeah. Well, this has been a very. Oh my God, Molly. Look over there. Stop. It's not funny. It's not. You know I won't be able to sleep. It's not funny. Tonight's episode of The Pants Are Too Tight. You can't kill him. <laughs> he always. It sounds like we're. Wait. It sounds like we're putting together a movie trailer. Hang on. I'm going to do narration and then you scream something dramatic out of context. Okay, ready? <clears throat> In a little town called Haddonfield. Uh, but that, something dramatic wouldn't go there. No, no, okay. Okay, go again, go again. Just try to build naturally okay, with the tension okay, okay. of the future. Haddonfield was a perfect town. I love walking down the street during the... <laughs> <laughs> Nothing could ever go wrong here. Let's go hang out late at night in an abandoned alley. Until a stranger came home. What? <laughs> Universal Pictures presents. In association, in association with John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. He can't. Mustafa Akkad production. <laughs> we can stop. You know I can't improv. <laughs> what if that was? That's a dramatic line in the movie trailer, though. She's Michael you Myers. You know I can't improv. <laughs> Tori, you have to. <laughs> He's got a gun. <laughs> the only words Michael Myers fears are yes and. What a, I honestly, what a great way to repel a serial killer. People doing improv. Michael Myers just backs out of the room. Uh-oh, I'm going to need some help carrying this heavy ball. You can't kill it. <laughs> he always comes back. Halloween, age 41. Don't hide in the closet. <laughs> That's a great button on that trailer. Caesar in there, you know he's got the yeah. No, the, the, oh, I'm so scared. <laughs> Molly, it's fine. This is 
husband, the pants are too tight. Oh, thanks for listening. Tweet us, like our Instagram post, or DM us. Yeah, send us an email. All our information is in the description. Molly's going to need a couple days to recover. Do you you know of ignoring the sequels? What's your least favorite and favorite Halloween movie? And, um... But not like the not the season, like of the Halloweens. Or your favorite. Tell us about how you love Halloween Town. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean in the <laughs> Halloween <laughs> series. What are your favorite and least favorite Halloween movies from the Halloween franchise? And um also uh uh oh fuck, I don't know, my brain's dead. If you can help me fix my brain. <laughs> <laughs> if you know a therapist who's better than Dr. Loomis, please get Molly in contact because she's looking for a new one. Uh, um, uh, this is this is the man's artist. What song do you want to fade out over? We can't do the Halloween theme. Um, or can we? Um, You're really looking for something, but was, you can't do it. I was looking for the list of other movies we talked about. Oh, oh, um. What would be a fun song? Well, I'll read you the list real quick. Okay. Oh, we're doing a sequel. Oh, that's great. Yeah, perfect. Perfect choice. All right, we'll fade out over the Muppets. We're doing a sequel. Um, Molly. Yeah? You can't kill him. No! Like the devil's eyes. <laughs> my Dr. Loomis sounds like a rat. <laughs> like the devil's eyes. Oh, my God. I didn't like the face you made me <laughs> Run, Lori, run. <laughs> he tracked you to the hospital. I'm so not okay. I am Dr. Samuel Loomis. Danny's going to hate me when I'm waking him up in an hour because I can't sleep. What's scaring you, Molly? I sound like Cobra Commander from G.I. Joe. You, you. Curse you, G.I. Joe. Cobra. <laughs> Deathstro and I. We're back by popular <laughs> demand. Come on, everybody, strike up the band. Sequel. That's what we do in Hollywood, and everybody knows that the sequel's never quite as good. A sequel, another feature attraction. Places, please, light the lights, roll camera, action! I thought it was the end, but oh my friends, this is when we get to do it all again. Do it all again. Until the credits roll, we got another go to show that we can do it. Doing a sequel, there's no need to disguise. The studio considers us a viable franchise. We're doing a sequel, how hard can it be? We can't do 